This week's Cloudcast is brought to you by Momentum SI. Whether you want to migrate applications to the cloud, transform to enable DevOps, gain insight from big data, or accelerate your agile development, Momentum SI's strategy, consulting, and hands-on expertise can help you get there faster and with greater success. Check them out at MomentumSI.com. And now, on to the show. Cloudcast Media presents, from the massive studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, this is the Cloudcast with Aaron Delp and Brian Gracely, bringing you the best of cloud computing from around the world. Good morning, good evening, wherever you are, and welcome to another episode of the Cloudcast. Uh, this episode is just filled with irony. Um, we are coming to you live from Boulder uh, via the CloudStack Collaboration Conference, but we're going to talk OpenStack. <laughs> and this is our massive studios actually coming from the SolidFire office in Boulder. Um, I have with me today returning uh, co-host... Ken Hoy, how are you doing, Ken? Good, very good. So, so it's actually, I mean, it, it wasn't just because we booted Brian off, but it was just, you know, we had OpenStack stuff. Ken was going to be a CloudStack collab, and and our next guest actually happened to be in town as well. So we were like, let's let's do this one live. So um, the guest today is actually John Griffith, uh, OpenStack Cinder PTL and software engineer at SolidFire. How you doing, John? Good. How are you? Good, man. Good. Yeah, and it it's so. Real uh, quick apology to everyone out there. The reason we didn't do, do a show last week, um, I was at the beach. I know rough life, um, but I was going to do the show remotely. We were going to do it over Skype, and hotel wireless was bad. Uh, Verizon coverage was bad, and T-Mobile coverage on my iPad was bad. I literally, I've never had a you know Trifecta. yeah triple <laughs> triple failure in service. So <laughs> so we weren't able to do the show last week. But uh, thank you guys for. Doing it this weekend, actually able to do it um, here in person. But let's jump right into it. So, so John, first of all, what is your background? And then tell us a little bit about what's it like to do PTL? And is, is it technical? Is it herding cats? Is it both? <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So uh, first, you know, on my background, I've, I've been in the storage industry for a little over 18 years now, probably. Um, started off doing electrical engineering all the way up software firmware. Um, started doing OpenStack um, a little over two years now. Um, love it. Absolutely great. Um, having a good time doing that. The PTL side, um, it's an interesting job. There's a lot of different uh, things you'll hear from people about, oh, it's not technical at all. It's all program management. And I think there's some truth to that, but I think it really depends on the project. Um, some projects have more technical involvement from other people than others. Um, some have people that really take charge that aren't a PTL on the technical side, and some people just have kind of an even even keel across the board. Um, the Cinder project, I think, is a interesting mix. There's a little of both. Um, so my role, I think, is a lot of program management, a lot of herding cats, so to speak. Uh, but I also think there is a good uh, technical component as well. Sure. And, and probably, I mean, you tell me, but it seems like of, of most of the projects, yours seems pretty vendor heavy. 
It is extremely <laughs> vendor heavy. Yes. Um, and, so, and how do you make how do you make ar- architectural decisions when not only are you hurting the cats but they're vendor cats? Yeah. So it's been that, that's been a really interesting challenge with Cinder. But um, we've we've come up with a you know as a whole the, the Cinder community has come up with a really interesting way to address that and. Um, you know, early on, we came up with these ideals that we would say things like, okay, you know, any vendor can implement any feature they want, that's fine, but they have to figure out how to do it in the reference implementation first um, and submit it there first, and then they can go ahead and expose it in their product specifically. Um, so what that's done is it's forced a lot of people, whether they would have done it before or not, I don't know, I'd, I'd like to think that they would, but it forces them to actually think outside the box and come up with a way to actually make the entire project better as opposed to just their component. Sure. So. And, and for those out there that, that are maybe just getting started with OpenStack, because um, we we're we getting new listeners all the time, um, help me out here with so, – so block storage was originally in Nova, the yep. compute project. And then there was a decision at some point to kind of get it out of there and it would be its own standalone project. And that's where Cinder was born, you right. know, Cinder Block. Ha ha. Um, did you, did you, were you involved in the naming? Uh, so I, the, the, the credit for the name has to go to Vishishai. He, he, I think he had that, I don't know how long he had it in his mind that he wanted to name it that. Um, but we actually, we set up a poll, we had a bunch of suggestions and we voted and, and it won by a landslide. Yeah. So best, best project name. Yeah, ever it's ever great. <laughs> so, but, but was it hard to you know, divorce Nova and get that code, or was yeah. it just kind of lift and replace? Kind you know, of thing? It, it was it was really interesting. Um, so, so a little bit of history on why it, why it happened to begin with. First of all, it was you know Nova was growing and you know continues to grow as a, as does everything in OpenStack. Um, and the idea was is hey, we've got this block storage component in here. Um, it's not getting a lot of love. It, it's just sort of, you know, on the outlier, but it's an important component. Right. Um, and the idea was, is the Nova team, they're focused on the important things in Nova, like the hypervisor and libvert and all those different components. Um, so the idea was, is, hey, if we took that block storage piece out and made it its own project, it would have its own focus, its own emphasis, its own development team, you know, everything else. Um, and maybe that would be really good for the project or, you know, for that component. Um, so, so that's, that was the decision. Um, I, I think there was a number of people kicking the idea around and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden people started talking about it and boom, you know, we sat in a room in uh, San Francisco and said, Hey, let's do this. Um, so, so, uh, so anyway, that, that's kind of how it started. And, and in terms of how it went and how it worked, it was kind of a, a huge learning experience for me. Um, I had a ton of help from a lot of great people, um, veterans of OpenStack, people that, have, it, it, that actually started OpenStack back at NASA and stuff. Um, so what was great was, you know, we all got together and, and went through some of the different ways to go about it. And, and what it really ended up being was just taking the note, just doing a clone of the Nova repo, repo and then strip out all of the Nova pieces. And that was kind of what we did. And then you get what's left is block storage. And then you clean that up and so on and so sure. forth. And that's, that's kind of how it happened. So let me mention this. Obviously, when it was part of just a part of Nova block storage, um, it was to accommodate a, com- a commodity local tax type of storage. When was the decision made to kind of adopt a more plug-in model? To let other vendors plug this story. Yeah, you know, so it's it's interesting. Um, one of the things, so good or bad, uh, one of the things that that breaking it out into Cinder did 
was gave it that vendor plugin visibility. So it actually already had a plugin architecture when it was a part of Nova. Okay. Uh, so it was an independent, serv independent service inside of Nova, and, and there were a number of vendors, um, you know, NetApp, um, uh, Ceph, Sheepdog, and then the reference LVM implementation. Those were all there in SolidFire and Essex. Um, those were all there, but there wasn't a lot of visibility. And, and part of it might just be the growth of OpenStack, or part of it might be since Cinder was broken out. Um, but anyway, after Cinder, uh, you know, it took about six months after that first release, and then there was just an explosion. And now there's 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 20 different drivers, uh, plugins that are available. Gotcha. So, if you had to summarize, what do you think the state of of Cinder is today in in Icehouse uh, uh, upcoming, and where do you think everything's going with Juno? So I, I think that um, I think Cinder's come a long way. Um, I, I think that it's it's definitely maturing. It's continuing to get more robust, uh, more user friendly. Um, we're we're making strides in terms of features. We're not doing you know crazy features and just implementing anything and everything that we can think of. We're trying to actually be smart about. You know, do we really need this feature? Is it, this feature is it something that's usable, and, and so on and so forth. So I, I think the state of the project right now is good. Um, I think one of the challenges that we're starting to hit in Icehouse is um, the, just the sheer mass in terms of vendor contributions and vendor drivers and stuff like that. It's it's getting harder and harder to manage that and keep that scale. Sure. Um, so we've got some plans in Icehouse to actually address that. Um, that I think are going to be great. And the other thing is, you know, going forward in Juno, um, again, it's not one of those releases that we're sitting here and we're targeting all kinds of crazy features. But what we really want to focus on is the quality of what we do have. Um, and then also really focus really hard on the interop interoperability and the uh, integration. So we want to make sure that if, if a customer deploys OpenStack and they pick one of the many vendors to choose from in terms of the backend storage, that it actually works and actually does everything as they would expect, and that they could then replace that backend with another backend and still be able to do everything they were doing before without skipping a beat. So sure, and so without picking on anybody, because I promise this question isn't too good, <laughs> but you could very easily answer it that way. So don't. Um, <laughs> when it comes to like the the various storage plugins and, and all of the vendors that are out there. Um, is the trend everyone is just kind of checking the boxes on the basic Cinder functionality, or is there? Are you starting to yeah. see um, more integrations, deeper integrations, and really taking that you know almost reference architecture, if you will, and taking it a step further and enhancing that to yeah. storage specific features? Yeah, and that's that's a really interesting question, and you know I won't call anybody out or anything like that, of course, but but there is definitely a mix. Um, there are, uh, I, I would say, it's it's almost almost down the middle. Um, half of the vendors that are contributing things um, are really active in other areas of the project, not only their driver. Um, the other half, they are literally, they are just, hey, I want to get my driver in. This is a marketing checkbox, and I'm done, right? Okay. Um, so it's about half and half, and I think that's fine. Um, I, I think that that I, I still think that it's good for the project to offer. Um, choices. Um, I think it's only going to help in the adoption of OpenStack if there are choices. The only caveat to that is make sure that those integrations actually work. That's, that's the only <laughs> fair thing. enough. As long as it works, I don't care. <laughs> sure. And so, so being you know sitting in a conference room at the Solid Fire <laughs> office talking to the PTL who is a you know Solid Fire employee, uh, 
how is the the solid fire plug in? I'm looking <laughs> you in the eye here. Is it good? <laughs> it's, good. Okay. it's good. Okay, right. just making sure. We test it a lot, <laughs> and we also use it in house. We use OpenStack in house um, with solid fire on the back end, so we get a lot of mileage on it. So. Yeah, and, and uh, come from the rack space side, so we. Uh, John mentioned us like twenty different vendors. You know, yeah. I have drivers yeah. for. And on the on our fiber cloud implementation, we we basically support three vendors right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Solid five in one of them, yep. along VMC and NetApp. Yep. And we've made that choice partly because we think uh, in our testing, those are three of the probably most solid. Understand. implementations out there and those are the ones that we're willing to recommend to our customers there you go see and, and you can go on record and, and won't get in trouble like John so it's <laughs> <laughs> alright we'll move on there before we get into too much trouble with that one um, so uh, let's talk a little bit more about different types of storage technologies you know you've got you know, local disk send disk all the other stuff but then you, even within block storage you've got uh, you know just straight up disks. You've got hybrid disks. You've got you know hybrid disks mixed with flash. You've got all flash. You, yeah. you know, um, does Cinder take any of that into consideration today, or is it more kind of agnostic you know, to the medium? Yeah. So so Cinder as a service itself is pretty agnostic to the medium. Um, I, you know, we we joke around uh, some of us on the on the Cinder team about um, we don't care what the implementation looks on the back end. All we care about is the interface and that it actually has an implementation that works. It could be some guy sitting in a corner etching binary into a stone tablet. It doesn't <laughs> matter, right? right. Um, so any sort of like uh, you know differences and, and things like that between flash or spinning disk or, or SATA or whatever it might be, um, most of that is, is handled. That's up to the driver or the plug-in to figure out if they need to do anything different and, and stuff like that. Um, Cinder is really about delivering an abstraction on top of multiple backends. Um, and the idea being that we can create a pool of block storage that can be used without any knowledge of what those devices are on the back. Sure, so. sure. So one thing I have, uh, and one question I haven't talked about this before, is I think, obviously, Cinder in its base implementation is pretty simple. Right? It's kind of like the AWS yep. block storage. It's just a, you just plug in some, some capacity. Yep. Um, but one of the things I'm starting to see tr- trending uh, in Cinder is you're starting to add some more kind of higher level value functionality, things like QoS, maybe you know, and even maybe auto tiering. So how do you how do you implement that in Cinder and account for the fact that every single storage vendor has a different way of implementing yeah. QoS and auto tiering? Yeah, and that and that's a really tricky thing. Yeah. Um, that's been really difficult. And and being at SolidFire, right, that was one of the first challenges I had was. You know, we have a, a very unique and special quality of service um, uh, value proposition. And, and how do you do that? How do you implement that inside of Cinder where you're abstracting everything? Um, so what Cinder actually offers, though, is it, it has a notion of what's called a volume type. Um, and then volume types you can assign ex- extra specs to, which allows you to do pretty much any kind of customization that you want. So the way it works inside of Cinder is we have... We have that base abstraction and that, those, those base API codes that you have to actually implement and you have to support. Um, anything extra that you want to put on, it's not considered part of the core code, but it goes in those volume types and those extra specs. Um, so that's how you can differentiate and offer those things to your end users. Um, they're not part of core OpenStack code. They're not a requirement to say you're an OpenStack cloud, you have to do this. Um, so that's, that's how we handle that right now. Um, I think at some point in the future, um, you know, we're going to have to think of a better way or a different way. 
only only because I think um, what we're going to start seeing is that methodology getting a little overloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at some point we'll, we'll probably change that around. Um, and in fact, in Ice House, we're releasing actually we now have a QoS specs setting, right. so that you can actually set up QoS specs. Um, What's interesting about that is, again, it's another abstraction. So one vendor may do QoS one way, another may do it another way, but we all agreed on this is basically what a high-level definition of QoS is. So, right. so, so it seems to me that the advantage of doing that is, like you said, you, you basically allow every vendor to use whatever, whatever invitation makes sense for them. Yep. I guess the downside, a customer could say, is what by keeping it to the lowest common denominator, I basically still have to go to <laughs> Absolutely. that storage yeah. vendor's tools to configure yep. the POS because I can't do it probably within OpenStack. Absolutely, but but the reality of that is um, what what's the alternative? Mm-hmm. Um, you can either have you can have a good abstraction. Um, you can never have a perfect abstraction. Right. Um, so. Do you want to do that or do you want to have no abstraction? And, and in my opinion, I would much rather have a good abstraction that gives you the ability to do some customization and do some extensions on top of it to expose things that you want as opposed to say, okay, well, I'm just going to have a free-for-all and hopefully it'll work out for you. And if it doesn't, <laughs> hey, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if somebody wanted to really kind of get going with Cinder, because I'll be honest with you, Cinder probably doesn't receive nearly the like <laughs> – Sexy uh, press and, no. and and headlines and everything. Storage you know, is not sexy. Right. <laughs> and so so Ken, I know you've done some. You've done a series of blogs on Cinder. Right. Um, right. You know, and I thought that was fantastic as far as like wanting to get started and getting basic information. Um, either Ken or John, do you have any other like what's your get started way to recommend to new folks out there? So I, the nice thing about Cinder, you know, we spent a lot of time so far talking about how you're plugging into enterprise storage range. But if you go, again, going back to the origins of Cinder, it really was just uh, LVM, yep. right, with some disk behind it. So it's pretty simple for you to create, you know, a, a, a volume, yep. you know, off a server somewhere or even off your laptop. And even, basically, even a loopback yeah, file. Yeah, loopback file. Actually, that's uh, in some of the blogs I've done where I've, I've helped people set up Cinder. That's exactly what I do. Yep. I just have a VM create a loopback file to use LVM and just export all the volume and then present it to a, to a VM. So that's the easiest way to get started. Obviously, once you get into the enterprise storage array stuff, now, you, now you're talking big money. Yeah. <laughs> sure. So, so I think, you know, one thing that reminds me of uh, that, that I like to point out to people a lot is um, I, I spent a lot of time working on that. Re- so we do have a reference implementation, which is LVM uh, inside of Cinder. Um, I spent a lot of time working on that, and I think it's great. Um, it is not Cinder is not an enterprise-only uh, project or, or a vendor-only project. There are open-source um, implementations that are available inside of Cinder that are all great, um, and, and the LVM implementation that we have, I think, is is outstanding as well. So there's a lot of options. Sure. You br- so you bring up an interesting point there in the fact that use cases. Um, what are the use cases you see a lot of time? Is it more enterprise? Is it more this kind of web scale kind of things? Is it people doing just Cinder, just object with Swift, mixing and matching? Like, yeah, give us a little bit of what the real world looks like. With you Cinder. know, so so that's it's an interesting question. The the real world is messy. 
is what I've decided. Um, <laughs> so there's no good, uh, you know, flat across the board thing in terms of what the workloads look like or anything like that. Um, I am seeing more and more people in in private cloud deployments um, using OpenStack for thing and Cinder for things like um, test development and things like test and development and things like that. Um, those environments are doing things like using Cinder uh, storage. They'll, they'll use a certain backend or a certain implementation of Cinder to do things like feed their database. Um, so they'll use that for their persistent storage for their database. Um, there are some that, that utilize some of the things that, that we do here at SolidFire to do things like um, uh, boot from volume. So instead of doing ephemeral instances in OpenStack like, like we usually do, um, they actually go ahead and do persistent images or persistent instances using a bootable volume, and you, and you can do that with you know any backend in Cinder, of course. But sure. um, so you know it, it's really across the board. the The thing that's interesting is we're starting to see a shift from you know it used to be it was just service providers were doing OpenStack, right? And then it was like okay, so now some people are starting to do it in the enterprise for some of their test dev stuff. Um, we're starting to see more and more people like doing their real SaaS jobs, their real uh, LAMP stacks, you know, all those sorts of things that actually have customer facing things um, as well as marketing and internal websites and things like that. They're actually starting to move their infrastructure in a real way to OpenStack. Nice. So talk about, um, you mentioned the, the other types of storage like ephemeral, which is probably still the most, uh, the most frequent way that yep. storage is used in OpenStack. So, when do you when do you see or when do you recommend a customer go with Cinder versus just staying with Ephemeral? Yeah, so so I should probably back up a little bit and explain a little uh, about the about Cinder and, and how it's used, right? Because um, so there is Ephemeral, and, and what Ephemeral means, for example, if you have an Ephemeral instance, is you spin up an instance in OpenStack, you use it for a while, whatever. When you terminate it or, or blow it away or anything, it, it's gone. Everything is lost. Um, it, you, you don't have a persistent uh, copy of that data or anything. Right. The data is actually back purged. Up. The data is purged, yes. Um, so that model, what people usually do is, you know, there's, there's always a need for some sort of persistent storage, right? And, and the way Cinder actually portrays itself inside of OpenStack is basically it just gives you, we, we, we call it a volume, but it's basically just a disk. We just give you a raw disk. So you get a device file, a, a dev, VD, whatever. Um, you, you attach it, you mount it, format it, use it, whatever. That's persistent. That stays. So even after your instance goes away and everything, that still stays there. Um, right. the, the analogy I've heard frequently is the USB drive. Yeah. Basically. I think that's... You can pop it into a VM, a machine, plug it out, pop it out and plug it in somewhere else. A really big, high-performance USB very drive. Big. <laughs> <laughs> um, so are you seeing um, traction or interest around... Project Manila, and for those that don't aren't aware with that, that's the the idea of file storage within OpenStack. And and do you think that that is going to work together with Cinder, complementary in some way anyway, or is it just yet another? You know, I I, I think that um, I think there is a significant demand for shared file uh, systems uh, as a service inside of OpenStack. Um, I think Manila is is definitely something that's needed. Um, and I, I definitely think it's getting traction and I think it's, it's going to get there and it's going the right direction. I'm just waiting to see what it ends up looking like. Um, right now, uh, you know, Cinder's 
got took on some of the the NFS and the and the shared file system stuff. And there's ways to actually make that work inside of Cinder, but it's it's kind of ugly and it's kind of kludgy. I'd really like to see a model where you know Manila came out and, and offered a true shares as a service um, and could do things like say, okay. I want to create an NFS, um, so I'm going to go to Cinder, I'm going to create a, a volume, uh, and I'm going to take that volume and use it, and then I'm going to overlay the NFS on top of that and give it out to the consumers. Um, that's what I like to see. Um, I'm not exactly sure where they're going with that. Um, I was following it for a while. I haven't really been keeping up to date. So. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, can I talk okay. a bit about what's coming up in the Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, talk about that real quickly. What What is the... So, uh, you know, some of the big things in Juno that we've been talking about... Um, what is the, anything committed or is this still just conversation? This is all still conversation. Okay, but yeah. There are things that, I, you know, so I won't, I won't promise it, but... <laughs> uh, uh, there's one that I've promised for the last three releases that I think is actually going to happen, and that's, that's the ability to, to, to schedule uh, local disks um, on a compute node. So if you... Uh, spin up an instance and you want to attach some disks to it, um, it would be really nice if you actually had the ability to say, hey, this compute node that I'm using has oodles of disks in it and it has all this disk space. Um, I'd like to just be able to use a chunk of that and carve that out. Um, so that's something that we've talked about for a while. And I think it'll actually finally happen in Juno. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, some of the other things, uh, we're, we're focusing really hard on doing... Uh, a lot more integration work uh, with the vendors and qualification work. So right now it's just sort of, you know, unit tests and they said it worked, so we're good. Mm -hmm. um, so Marantis and some other folks um, and myself have been working for, for a while now to try and get some things going with people actually running the, the infrastructure, the gating infrastructure that OpenStack uses locally in their labs against their equipment and feeding the results back up into the community. So that'll be a huge, huge win. Um, those are a couple things. We're also looking really hard at doing things like, you know, how do we make installation and upgrades easier? I mean, this is something that everybody in OpenStack has been talking about since the beginning. How do we make it easier? It's too hard to config, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't think Cinder is, is nearly as complex as some of the other components, so we have an easier task here. Uh, but it's definitely something that I think I would like to see us focus on and, and, and really make pretty solid. Um, I, I, I'd like to see the day where it's literally just click a button or run a command and you upgrade Cinder and you're done and everything works. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my goal. So I've got two couple of things I have to ask because <laughs> we sure. talked about this before. So one of the things... Uh, that people, when they talk about thinking about implementing the center that they wish was in the product and in the implementation, it's not there. Is um, some kind of high availability. So for, for those who don't know, the way Cinder works, if you're not using enterprise storage, you're using just kind of off-the-shelf commodity storages. Basically, you have one server that acts as a storage, virtual storage array, and if that server craps out, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So right. that's that. And uh, the other thing that people often ask about is replication. Like, how do I, <laughs> if I have two OpenStack limitations, can I get the data from here to here? Mm -hmm. And obviously you could tell them what you could use, you know, go Solidify, go with EMC. But right. someone would say, well, I just want to yeah. use a Dell server. Can I get the, can I still replicate? So thank you, Ken, for asking the hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so these, are, these are two things that I, I've spent um, a significant amount of time uh, 
trying different approaches and, and thinking about and trying to figure out. Uh, I'll talk first about the, the first one, um, the high availability. Um, that's, that's an issue and I would like to see that fixed. I, I've tried to do some things like DRBD and some, some homegrown things and stuff like that and they work and they're reliable, um, but man, you have awful performance. It is just terrible. Um, and I have not come up with a good way around that. The only good solution that I can come up with um, is right now is probably to not have LVM, but use another open source reference implementation. Mm -hmm. So make something else the reference. Um, that's about the closest thing that I can come up with right now. But I'm hoping, you know, there's, there's some of us that, that have all talked about this and, and want to talk about it more at the summit in Atlanta. And hopefully we'll brainstorm over some beers and come up with an idea. Um, and then also, if anybody has a great idea, shoot me an email. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Um, one, one last uh, quick topic, and then we'll, we'll kind of close this out with what's going on at summit. Um, one of the things, at least in my mindset from an operations standpoint, it always seems like like storage is always very manual operations heavy comparatively to a lot of other things, right? And you always have the storage admin who's like, this is my world kind of kind of philosophy, right? Um, but especially as you know, we move forward in cloud computing and OpenStack, you are seeing a lot more DevOps, automation, you know, APIs. Sure. So, so if you don't mind, you know, what is the status of that particular aspect within Cinder of, you know, abstracting away that operations layer? You know, so from the day-to-day -day ops perspective, um, that's the whole point of Cinder, right? So the whole idea is take all of that away, abstract it out, and, and give those pools that are either, you know, self-serve by the end user or easily accessed and managed from the admin. Um, so I, I think we're on the right track there, and I think we're doing a lot of good things. Um, now, the, the part that's not contained in that is setting up that initial deployment and mm -hmm. that initial configuration. There are some, uh, some backends where it is. It's, it, they, they have the same mantra, and they want it to be easy, and it's a piece of cake. Um, there are others where it's really, really hard. Um, there's nothing really that Cinder can do about that, in, in, in my opinion. Um, that's up to the vendor and their their device and how they want to do that, and, and there's nothing really that we can do about that. So, cool. Okay, so let's talk about OpenStack Summit coming up uh, before too much longer in Atlanta. Um, between the two of you, I think you're hosting like half the sessions or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so uh, John, tell us a little bit about uh, about your sessions coming up. So I, I've actually got a couple of with Ken, uh, right. which is going to be cool. So. Um, oh, so we can like dedupe you guys. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry, sorry, Ben. So I'll, I'll leave those and let let Ken talk about them. But um, you know, I I've kind of got a, a a theme going for uh, for the summit for the sessions that I'm doing. Um, they're all pretty much revolved around um, you know Cinder, of course, but also you know Cinder and OpenStack in the enterprise. So the whole idea is. Um, trying to get more awareness out there and, and get people to understand that, hey, OpenStack isn't as scary as you might think. Um, it's, it's, it's actually got a lot to offer in the enterprise as well as in the public cloud. So, Cool. And you've got four sessions. Yeah. Right? Yep. So, yep. Ken, how about you? Uh, <laughs> so I made a mistake. I... I uh, this is what happens when you sit a submit a bunch of abstracts and hope one gets accepted. Right. Everyone <laughs> told me how hard it would be to get talks in. So somehow or another, I decided to submit eight, <laughs> hoping two or three would get approved. 
Somehow another six got accepted, so I'm doing six talks. <laughs> you win! <laughs> uh, two of them with John, which is great. Um, so along those lines, um, there's gonna be, I'm actually helping along with Greg Nehrman from Speaking in Tech yep. to moderate a panel that John's going to be a part of to talk about the future of block storage in OpenStack. So I think that would be great. And then in addition to that, uh, John and I and Jane, Jim Ruddy from EMC are kind of collaborating together to do a kind of how to design Cinder uh, for production use in cool. the enterprise. So, and, uh, and, uh, so I expect... Are I'm you doing more with Brian too? Brian's in that panel. Oh, Brian's in the, the Yeah, okay. So, so Brian Gracely, uh, again, couldn't be here, but he will be right. in that session. He'll so be there'll, be, there'll be a lot of Viper, I would gotcha. imagine, gotcha. <laughs> in the discussion. Um, but, you know, my main job in those sessions are basically to kind of lay out the basics and then let the smart guys take over. It's <laughs> so. pretty much what we do on this show. <laughs> um, so also uh, the, on the Cloudcast side, um, we will be there doing social media. Um, we've submitted some V Brown bags. We'll be doing podcasts from the event. Um, if there's a topic or a guest um, that you'd like to here on the show, um, please let us know um, through all the usual uh, channels. Um, we're kind of out of time for this week, so um, first of all, uh, Ken, where can everyone find out more about you? Sure. So the best place to reach me is Twitter. Um, so my Twitter handle is, uh, is at Hui, H-U-I, underscore Kenneth, K-E-N-N-E-T-H. Awesome. John? Uh, you can always find me on IRC, on the OpenStack channels, uh, OpenStack Dev or OpenStack Cinder. Uh, also Twitter, JDG underscore eight. Uh, and then, of course, my email is out there. I'm sure you can find me if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I'll put some show notes in. Uh, sorry, in the show notes, I will put the uh, links to Ken's blogs and some, any other information we can dig up in the meantime. So definitely go check that out. Um, we are out of time for this week. So if you like the show, please tell a friend or leave us a review on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at thecloudcastnet or on the web at thecloudcast.net where you can find links to everything Cloudcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>